This is the most marketable corporate-sponsored sports entertainer of our or any generation, the hashtag feminist icon, E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle... The Whole Reffin Show. Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be The Whole Reffin Show. My name is Perry Smith and I am here with a very special guest. Uh, he is my co-host of The Whole Reffin Show. You know him as Darren Beasley. Darren Beasley! I'm Darren Beasley. <laughs> right. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me on my own show. Wonderful. I'm glad you could be here. I am also glad. And I'm glad that you're here. Hey, all right. Wonderful. I'm glad that we're here together on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole and show. Yeah. And I think that I'm going to go ahead and speak for both of us and say I'm very happy. We are very happy. That all of you are here, hashtag dear listeners, putting us in your ear holes. It's very right. kind of you. It's very... That's probably the best orifice for us, is your ears. It is certainly the best orifice for us to be heard. Right, right. Uh, if we, we have a different conversation about a different conversation. Sure, sure. If sure. you will, but... Right, so thank you for welcoming us uh, into your orifices, folks. And uh, we've got some hashtag Russell news and hashtag Russell views for you. The the orifice is that that Steve Carell show? Oh, <laughs> is that the Orville? Is that a show about no? Pop- is that a show about popcorn? <laughs> yes. No. No. The orifice. Yes. No. Oh, the office. <laughs> nice. My brain went the Orville. The, okay, the, you're with the, the office. The I'm Seth sorry. McFarlane. Okay. McFarlane? Well, well, it doesn't help that... McFarlane. The McFarlane. McFarlane? Yes, McFarlane. Not it, Todd McFarlane. Doesn't help that the... the almost said the Orifice. The Orville <laughs> is a space show, and Steve Carell, I think, is also in another TV show that's about... That's uh, right. Space Force. There you go. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm glad that we had all, all that confusing banter and none of it about wrestling. Uh, so it must be another uh, show. It must be another episode for us. Episode 144, as they say. 144? Who said that? Uh, you did, just now. I did, and so did you. And now everyone will. It's a whole wide world of wrestle fans, and I, I gotta say, I am very, very pleased by the reception. That you, we feel very loved. Thank you for all of your messages and likes and comments and uh, corrections <laughs> and uh, explanations. And we're talking definitely about Jason Maxwell and, <laughs> and Ryan Kelly, who uh, are the uh, who watches the Watchmen. Jason Maxwell and Ryan Kelly, that's who. We appreciate it. Uh, Tom Breen, you better watch your back, because uh, Maxwell's coming for your... Uh, our coming for your fan. title? Coming for your title. We should have a, we should have a belt made. <gasps> we should. No, I can't afford that. No, I, well, you know who can afford... You know who the big belt collector is, is also another Kenny hashtag. Omega? <laughs> yeah. 
The only person who might have Kenny Omega beat is Jameson Bennett. Okay, then, folks, we're gonna we're gonna get all of our our hashtag dear listeners together, and we're gonna have a number one fan title. <gasps> but it's the honor system where if, if you lose it, you have to send it to the new new uh, new number one fan. Are we gonna do it? We gotta do it now. This will cost all of you money uh, if you're a big fan. So I, I know you can't wait to be part of this, folks. This half baked idea that we just hashed out. Actually, I'm 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 surprised we have any energy left. We just spent about an hour talking about the Police Academy series <laughs> uh, at great depth. Uh, and again, I can do that forever. Um, and I, I think we've even had this conversation before about talking about the Police Academy movies many years ago on the show. On the show, because I think uh, when we were doing it, when I was uh, over on the other side of the the country. And we were on Skype. I think I had just watched several, and I was like, you know what's interesting, Darren? And like went into it with you about it on Skype. For you an know, hour. Tackleberry and oh, uh, Mahoney. Um, anywho, so you know Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> but we are going to talk about wrestling, folks. Uh, some sad news, unfortunately. Uh, we, we did we did lose someone recently in the wrestling world. Uh, we almost lost someone else, sorta. Uh, health issues. Um, I don't someone. know that we almost lost him. Well, uh, yeah, sort but there of. was po- there was potential. There was I mean, potential. There was a, a health scare. Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm trying to segue here. It's not very. It's not a very clean segue. <laughs> um, and then uh, some changes and some big news for AEW. A lot of you guys know what we're talking about already, but uh, we're going to try to to keep our keep our order here. But uh, let's let's get into the sad news first. Uh, uh, Daphne, uh, probably best known for her work in WCW during the whole, uh, the latter years of WCW, during the, uh, David Flair era, is what I think of Daphne, um... Oh, I, for sure. Yeah, when, yeah. When I think of Daphne, the very first thing that pops in my head is Daphne Unger, the scream queen of yeah. WCW, the second female cruiserweight champion in WCW, and she's running around with David Flair and Crowbar. And she's messing up things between David Flair and Stacy Keebler. And I always thought that was really cool. Like, I thought that was a fun angle that wasn't too stupid or too, too, too outside the box. It was just wrestling enough without being you know, a Dean Malenko match or without being, you know, burying Ric Flair in the desert. Somewhere in the middle, there was Daphne and David Flair and Crowbar. And unfortunately, Daphne Unger, whose real name is Shannon, and I've, I've never actually heard her real last name pronounced by anyone. I have always sort of in my head pronounced it as Spruill or Sprill, uh, but Shannon Spruill, Shannon Sprill, also known as Daphne, unfortunately uh, committed suicide um, in the last week, and at the age of 46, it was particularly upsetting the way that it all went down. I got uh, some notification on my phone, I don't even remember who it was now, that was alerting me to the fact that the night before, this came sometime in the morning, Daphne had created a very disturbing Instagram live or something like that. I know that I was on Twitter and I saw where Mick Foley was reaching out to people and saying, does anyone know where she is? She's not answering her phone. 
Yeah, yeah and that, that, that's very upsetting. One yeah. of the things that was very strange for me was a couple of days after uh, the news of the suicide was made clear, I went and checked Twitter, and I never checked my Twitter. So when I finally did look at it, this was a good 48 hours after uh, everyone was aware of the suicide, and in my Twitter feed, which is like 99% wrestling, because that's the only reason I even have the Twitter, it was nothing but messages. Because they were old, it was nothing but messages of people looking for a way to find her, looking for her, looking for a way to contact her or contact her family. And that was then very strange, because it was like a snapshot of something that had already happened. Sure, sure. And... um I think the first one, I you said you saw Mick Foley. I think the first one that I saw, of course it was much later after the fact, like I said, it was Jamie Senegal. And I know that Jamie Senegal was very, very close with Daphne. Um, I know that they were extremely close friends. And I can't imagine, I really can't imagine the loss for Daphne's family and for her wrestling family, her dearest friends in the business. It is... Uh, a really awful, a terrible, and heartbreaking situation. Like I said, my first, uh, the first I heard about it was hearing, did you see what happened on Instagram? Which I had not. And then as soon as I took the moment to Google it, all of a sudden it was just being rumored, but it was now rumored that it was a potential suicide. And by the time a few more hours passed, it was... Her death, at least. Not the details of her death, but the death had been confirmed. And then I just thought, wow, this is so strange. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's horrible, obviously. Uh, loss of life and suicide, that's that's terrible. Um, but in, in the very least, it shows you that, A, Twitter can be used for good instead of just complaining and, you know... <laughs> yeah. You know, me back on Twitter now, having to run the, the Twitter for our show. Manda wrestlers have opinions, Darren. I guess I mean, anyone on Twitter does, to be fair. But also that, you know, wrestling, it's, it's a, it is a community. And it was it's cool to see everyone kind of reach out and find out, you know, what's going on. And, and unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't happen fast enough. But, you know, you forget that all these people know each other or they know someone who knows someone. So, I don't know. It's, and hopefully it's just maybe there are warning signs that weren't realized that they were warning signs at the time. And now they are, so in the future this can kind of help and, and maybe prevent something from happening. And and certainly when there is a tragedy like this, it definitely does help others. It's just terribly sad that it takes the tragedy for it to happen. Right. I know that what I have seen happen over the last few days regarding Daphne and her friends and her fans, what I've seen is what happens all too often. I'm not saying that her friends were not amazing support. All right, depression is a disease. So I'm not discounting the medical reality that was involved with her taking her own life. I'm not discounting that. But I'm saying that it's strange to me the way that she could say on the Instagram before she committed suicide, I'm alone. And I have nothing and I have no one. Now, we know that that, like you said, is not true based on the amount of love, the outpouring of love and support that has come out since her passing. 
you know that the majority of that had to be there. Uh, whether she could see it or feel it or hear it or not. And obviously she felt that she could not. Right. And that in and of itself is is tragic. But it's very sad when you see that the, these, these people, it almost seems like it's too little too late to come out and say, oh, you were loved. Or I even I will always love you. Did, did you say it enough? Did you say it at the right time? It's not like it's anybody's fault. Again, it's a disease. The, the depression is a disease. And if that was the major part in what caused her suicide, then, you know, it's nobody's fault. Nevertheless, I, I always look at uh, these sim- situations like this and I want to tell everybody to always tell your friends and family that you love them. Don't don't lose touch with people. Sure. Right? Don't don't slam the door. Don't hang up the phone. Don't send a shitty text. Fix all those things. Sure. We don't always all get along all the time. But don't end things on a bad note because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you're struggling, reach out um, to someone. And uh, if you know someone who is maybe struggling, you know, reach out and say, hey, <laughs> it's going to it's watch yeah, you, movies. Yeah, you do the reaching out yeah. or be receptive to someone who is reaching out. Always, always be ready to talk. Always be ready to listen. Um, it's just it's what friends and family do. Uh, that's what that's what caring for your loved ones is all about. I believe it was Bill and Ted that said, "Be excellent to each other." A hundred percent. I tell my students that every Friday, as I dismiss their classes, I tell them to be smart and be safe and have a lot of fun over the weekend and be excellent to each other. Very nice. Very nice. Well, and none of them know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> we don't get this reference, Mister Beastly. Why are you saying that? That's weird. That's weird. Um, so obviously, uh, all the best to uh, Daphne's uh, friends and family. And uh, we have to move on because this topic is very sad. Um, Triple H. Yeah, this uh, is this is it's not breaking news, but it's still new news to me. I feel like this was covered up very, very well. This was hush, 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 and it wasn't even wrestling outlets that seemed to break it. I think I saw the New York Post. It was the first thing I saw, something on the internet, New York Post, about Triple H experiencing a cardiac event, air quotes, cardiac event, which just means heart attack, right? As far as I know, yeah. That has to be what it is. The the expanded headline basically says, Triple H underwent surgery for a genetic heart defect following a cardiac event. Okay, a genetic heart defect. Well, isn't any heart defect you have? Well, I guess it's not. Some of them can be caused by your diet and lifestyle. But So they're acknowledging that Triple H's heart attack, or whatever it was, was a result of some, something he was born with? Something that runs in his family? What is it? I haven't read anything about that. Born with a heart. But it required surgery, and it followed an event. Well, this is the second time in as many months as I've heard that terminology being used. Bob Odenkirk 
was hospitalized oh, right, right. on the set of the new season filming for uh, Better Call Saul after experiencing, as the news reported it, a cardiac event. And then nobody would talk about it. And then finally, Bob Odenkirk tweeted or did something online to say, I'm very well, uh, thank you. And no one at any point used the term heart attack. Now, I know that people are in the business of changing the words and the descriptions of everything these days. But what is a cardiac event other than a heart attack? Right. When you used to say Triple H and a heart attack, I wonder, like, you know, where's Anvil and where's yeah. <laughs> where's Bret Hart? Uh, jokes, because Triple H is going to be fine, but uh, I, I don't I don't really know details. I don't think anyone knows, like, specific details. I knew what you just said, basically, so uh, I have nothing more to add to this. If you ask me, it might be Broken Heart from uh, all the changes happening to his beloved NXT NXT, the gold brand. I guess they can't call it that anymore. And now it's the... The, 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 the Rainbow Bright? The Jackson Pollock brand. Because it's a bunch of... It's a smattering of colors, uh, as, it, as it seems. It's the Spin Art brand? It's, yes. It is the Spin Art brand. And that's exactly what uh, what's going on here to... Uh, <laughs> he's, Triple H has had his life flipped, turned upside down. And... Uh, by old Vince McMahon, who went, oh, yeah, NXT looks pretty good there, Hunter. I'll be taking that now. All right. Time to book some bullshit. Oh, you got, uh, just like your yellow and black. It's pretty nice colors. How about some Lucky Charms? <laughs> They're magically delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, Vince McMahon is now taking over or, or taking more control, paying more attention, whatever you want to call it. Much I mean, like he, the BWO, he's taken over. Well, he, he could have, I mean, made changes and done all these things all along because he always he always owned NXT. Triple H ran it, but, you know, Pop Events could have showed up any day and went, nope, this happens now. I got a question right off the top. Why? Why is Vince McMahon doing this? And secondly... What's Triple H going to do now? I, uh, I mean, first of all, he probably needs to go home for a few months and recover from this cardiac event. Sure. That's not a joke. I didn't say that shittily. I sincerely hope that someone in the McMahon-Helmsley clan understands what uh, recuperation is and understands that you need to go home and not work 24 hours a day. Oh, go home? Finish the matchup? Time to go home? <laughs> yeah. But I think that Triple H sincerely needs to do that. Now, when he does come back, what's he... What, what's what's for him... What's left for him to do? Now he's like a he's like a bullshit commissioner. Like him and William Regal had the same amount of uh, pull oh. on NXT. <laughs> I tell you what. What about... What does Shawn Michaels do? As one of the main trainers in NXT. Well, he's still trains. You know? I know, but is he going to be into that when it's like, oh, now I have to answer to Vince every day instead of Paul? Well, Vince, you know, again, he, he still ran things. It's kind of funny, right? What? Because Triple H has fucked over a lot of people over the years, you know, and now he's the one getting fucked over. He is getting fucked. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny. Not going to lie. I, I, I worry about what this will do to NXT and the, the, the creative team is going to be shit now, I guess. Or what, I think you're the one who told me that Vince is taking it over, but he's basically putting Bruce Pritchard in charge. Oh yeah, he's, right? throwing, he's throwing his people in there. Okay, 
So now it's destined to be exactly like Raw and SmackDown. Sure. Right? Yeah. Especially when you factor in rumors that have been going around for many weeks at this point about changing who appears on TV. Not just what individuals, but the entire realm of humanity. Right. The the, the body type. He wants to go back to the mercurial mesomorph of Sid Vicious or Sid Justice style. He wants giants. And he wants young giants. Well, I think he realized that like... Little what? giants? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, funny story about that movie. But no. Um, oh, now you gotta tell uh, it. Now you gotta tell me a funny story about Little Giants starring Rick Moranis and, and Ed O'Neill and uh, a young lady named... Uh, her name was Icebox? I may or may not have Icebox's number on my phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anywho... Um, it's a bizarre situation, especially considering NXT was, like, the closest thing rivaling AEW, as far as, like, people who needed that, that indie wrestling itch scratched. Now it most definitely will not be that. Right. But I think Vince kind of realized, like, I need, oh man, like, you know, uh, Batista's gone, and, and, you know, Randy Orton's getting older, and it's like, okay, well, I need to go back to that time. Where did they all come from? Uh, oh, oh, OVW. We need more OVW guys to be my top guys. And it's it's kind of sad that he has that thought process. I mean, I, I think he assumes that I'll just get more stars. Well, that's where... Exactly. Yeah. And that's probably what he's thinking. He's thinking he can recreate the magic class of... Batista, Lesnar, Cena, and Orton. Whether you love those guys or whether you hate those guys, there's no denying the impact they made on the business. Right. And the millions upon millions of dollars they made for themselves and for Vince McMahon. Those guys sold plenty of shirts, carried plenty of belts, put plenty of asses in seats. I'm just a little afraid that the current crop of monsters, most of whom seem to be coming from every possible background except wrestling. And I was going to say that. It's interesting that you say that because, like, who who is fun exciting to watch? All the established indie talent. They're fun and their wrestling is great. Who's not exciting at all? All these giant monsters that they pull from every other sport. Exactly. Oh, you're really tall. You're in. Oh, you're really strong. You're in. Hey, you're really athletic. You're in. And line up for your names. All right, here's Knox Hartley. <laughs> Soon to be Knox. No relation to Tegan. And, <laughs> and here's Cringe Deltworthy. Yes. I don't. I can't even make up the bad names that fast. That name made me Cringe Deltworthy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's so. I guess he's he's trying to instead of NXT farming wrestlers for. Raw and SmackDown. Now Vince wants to farm his breed of wrestler. It's it's like it's like you know you have your own Jurassic Park breeding island, but you go in there and you don't like the way they look. So you want to like you want to make them all the Spinosaurus, the bullshit dinosaur that no one likes in the newer Jurassic Park movies because the T Rex was fine, the Raptors are fine. No, no, no. But oh, it's Jurassic Park. But this time, 
they're even bigger. Or this time, they know how to open doors faster. Like, when you say the recent Jurassic Park movies, do you mean the Jurassic World movies? Right. I haven't actually watched any of them. I haven't haven't either. I I think I know what I'm talking about. Anywho. (laughs) No, I think the Spinosaurus was introduced in Jurassic Park 3, which was a horrible movie. Uh, Is that the one that also... (laughs) <laughs> Introduce the Trinephalodon. <laughs> Hashtag Trinephalodon. Hashtag helicopter. <laughs> That's a deep cut for about, That's real for about two listeners out there. Um, you know who you are. So basically, yeah, this isn't just... Uh, I guess Vince... Again, Vince just wants to make more Ortons and Lesners and Batistas. And if he could do that, that'd be great. But well, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, the thing is, anyone can be a Lesnar, Orton, or Batista if you just book them to win everything. I guess on paper. Yeah. But that's exactly the problem. Is Goldberg that I, was a Lesnar, a Batista, or an Orton because they booked him to win all the time. Well, who and when? What do you mean? Well, don't. No one's going to tell me that Goldberg's a good wrestler. Never has he been, and that, that ship has sailed. That train left the station because he's never going to be better than he was. Um, so, well, wait, are you so talking about him 20 years ago or now? I'm talking about Goldberg at any point in his okay. career. Okay, alright, okay. Uh, but that's my point, though, is anyone can be Goldberg if they just never lose a match. Uh, yeah, I guess. You see, you see, wrestling's a funny thing, Darren. You can't look at someone's sports statistics and say, he's the best, look at the numbers. Yeah, that's... You make your own sports statistics, Darren. Uh, that could not be more true. That, that could not be more true. That's my whole point. But fans are going to want to see wrestlers actually wrestle. Not, you know, 8-foot-tall monsters, 7-foot-tall, 300-pound guys. Just kind of like hunks of meat running into each other. Like big old blocks, like old Atari games. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna be fun visually. Yeah, what is this NXT UK? <laughs> I kind of like the big blocks running into each other on NXT UK, like the the those uh, the Coffee Brothers mm-hmm. and like. Some but they're of those, still good wrestlers. You're right. They they're, still have ability. They're, they're, they're not wrestlers. just big guys. Yeah, and well, you, also you know that Vince isn't gonna produce an NXT that looks anything like that. Sure, because that's not what he wants. He doesn't want to see the big blocks actually wrestling. He actually wants to just see them running into each other. Manute Bull still knew how to throw a fucking basketball. He didn't just get by him being 7-7 and looking like that. Looking like a 7'7 starving Marvin he, South Park. But he kind of did. He did. He, had a, he has a weird face. No, I mean, but I mean, he also kind of just got by on being 7'7. Well, he was 7'7. Seven seven, but, I don't know, it, it's... All right, I got a question. So the logo looks like that, right? Yeah, we're going back to Manute Bull. All right, we're good. The the logo looks like that. Those colors, what is the show going to look like? That. Is it, like, is it going to look like the background of, like, school photos from the 1980s? It looks like... It's like wrestling for children. It does. It looks like it, something that like does. Blossom would have worn yeah. on the show Blossom. We go to Beto, 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 Beto. That the Blossom bombarding grappling hooks. Is that, that the Blossom? It's thing? a Blossom thing. I don't know the Blossom. Oh thing. my god! All I know is, and this is all I know, mind you, is that her name is Blossom. And her friend's name is Six. Yeah. 
Whoa! And her brother's Joey Lawrence. And her brother's Joey Lawrence. Uh, but is the arena going to look like that? Is it going to look like... I don't know. Uh, again, the things that keep popping into my mind when I think of that logo is the... the you God, you have to be 40 years or older to understand this reference. Is it the music video Freeze Frame by the Jay Giles wow, band? Wow, wow. That's... Yeah, yeah. Because that's what it looks like. It looks like all the wrestlers are going to have to wear white overalls. <laughs> It's like that race where at the end, like, they, then those, those yes! color bombs go off. Yes. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. But no, in, in Samoa Joe defeating Karrion uh, Cross for the NXT title, um, it's kind of, it was kind of the sign of, of what's to come. Poor Samoa Joe was stiff-armed when it came to the, you know, Universal Championship or, you know, any major, major WWE title. But uh, in NXT, he can, he can do whatever he wants. He's a bigger guy. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, is that what that is? That what that is? That's what it seems. Is like. that how they're ushering it in? It, it, Look, it's, this it's, is our champion. This champion is exemplary of the type of wrestler we're going to have on the show. I, I think. I think the 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 biggest issue with this whole transition of power or of format or whatever is that since NXT started many years ago, now it's NXT is pretty old by now. Yeah, it is. Um. There has been a very clear-cut, like, vision for it, you know? Well, it, it kind of... Well, well, there's been some stages. Well, okay, except for the very, very beginning, it was a little bit different. But for many years, it seemed like, okay, we hire some of the indie guys or some people from different organizations that come in. They wrestle for a few months or maybe if a year or a couple of years, whatever, and then they move up to the main roster. Nice. Okay, who's next? You know, it was it was a machine. It was a factory, you know? And now things aren't that way. When you have NXT alum leaving NXT to go to the main roster, quotations, and then coming back to NXT, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, what are you doing here? You graduated. It's like going back to high school after you graduate. And it's like, okay, I mean, you went here. You were here for four years, you know, whatever. But why are you back here again? This is weird. It's like, Or it's like someone who graduated but still comes back to the high school to hang out. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, that's what it seems like. You know, that's that's the way it feels for Finn ba- for me. I don't speak for anyone else. When I see Finn Balor, when I see Samoa Joe, when I see Ember Moon, when I see Mandy Rose, it's like, what are you doing back? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, speaking of Mandy Rose, so Gigi Dolan is with Mandy Rose? Sure. I did not see that, nor would I have booked that. And, of course, Gigi Dolan is Priscilla Kelly. Of course. And does anybody want to... Does anybody want to see that? Does anybody want to see Priscilla Kelly be a backup for Mandy Rose? No. Gigi Dolan was making moves on NXT in her first few weeks there. And now she's relegated to being a sidekick. And not even the only sidekick. There's some other girl that I've never seen before. And the two of them are both backing up Mandy Rose. And that's the only way these writers know how to write the women characters is make them have a new best friend and then in a month they turn on each other. Do you know what I just realized? What did you just realize, Darren? Alright, so... Does it involve Police Academy? It does not. Well, then I don't want to hear it. Um, and it also doesn't involve Blossom. Oh, wow. Or Yellowstone. Oh, wow. But it does involve Gigi Dolan. Okay, so Priscilla Kelly, we know that she is or was married to Darby Allen. 
Was, yeah. And uh, so I just realized that if you took her first name and his last name, then you have Gigi Allen. Hey! Which I was always aware that that's where Darby Allen came up with his wrestling last name. It was a dead giveaway because it's spelled A-L-L-I-N. Right. And the only time I've ever seen Allen spelled A-L-L-I-N is with gutter punk uh, singer, musician, long since dead, Gigi Allen. Gigi Dolan's clearly a reference to Gigi Allen. And Gigi Dolan, obviously, but then Gigi and Darby together is Gigi Allen. I just, just thought of that. Yeah, but again, it's it's just the writing for WWE, and I guess NXT even that is you know we had nothing for you, just you you're with her and you guys are best friends, and then maybe some tag matches, but eventually you're gonna feel like the other one. One of you is gonna get injured, and then you're gonna come back and you're gonna turn on the other person who was still wrestling and say you were never you were you were in my shadow. <laughs> I mean, that's how they write the, the, the men wrestlers, too. I mean, that's... There, there's a new tag team every week, and they break up a week later. It's, it's kind of irritating. Except for Sheamus and Cesaro. They were together for a long time. For a long And then there was time. an amicable split. It's true. They went, hey, come here. Let me tell you something. Super kick! Like, there wasn't any of that. It was just like, you know what? You didn't hold up your end! You, you know, we, we took this as far as it needed to go. We've been tag champions. We're done. Let's go barbershop back. window! Exactly, yeah. Come over here and get a haircut. I want to do through the barbershop window. Super kick! Super kick. So, I, I want more... Fr- if, if there must be friendships, <laughs> they need to stop ending with, We're best friends, I love you. Hey, what's that? Super kick! Like, I'm, I'm tired of that. And now... Rhea Ripley and uh, and Nikki, uh, almost a superhero together for no reason. By the way, they were just fighting each other tooth and nail for that women's championship belt. But now they're best friends, I guess, united by their hatred for Charlotte. I guess I made that up in my brain. the The storytellers did not tell me the story. I had to make it up, much like Atari games. You had to make the story up on your own. <laughs> Speaking of video games. If you're going to give me friendship, give me actual friendship. Don't right. tell me friendship and then say, <laughs> just kidding, fatality. Because <laughs> that's how most... Just kidding, fatality. <laughs> there, there, there should be a friendship psych out uh, on uh, Mortal Kombat. That's, there probably is. That's I think the game's you missing. could probably mod that, right? I'm sure. I don't even know what I'm saying when I said that word. I hear the kids say it. And I'm thinking, I can mod. I can mod it. I believe it means modify, Darren. Well, I know what it means. Oh, okay, is, okay. But are they actually even using that word anymore? There's probably a new word. There's probably already another new generation just, other than Gen Z. They just call it ma. No. There's just ma. 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 It's called <laughs> If Vince McMahon had a control of shortening it, he would shorten it that much. Yeah, I'm not talking about body mod. I'm not talking about body modification. No, no. Let's not... Don't get me started on body modification. Well, then I won't. So, NXT's future, uh, it, it's it's interesting, but not in a good way. No. Because no. There, there's no way NXT... The future is so bright, I gotta wear shades. <laughs> Why? So that I don't see what's happening in NXT. Right. Well, that that's the, that's the worst part about it, is NXT will not be better. No. There's no way... For, from it here can on only out, be worse. From here on out, there's no way NXT will ever be better than it is right now or was a week ago or was a year ago. It's all downhill from here, Darren. But 
But again, I got to return to the very first thing I said. Purely from a graphic design standpoint, I actually do like the logo. You're out, Darren. I don't know. I don't You're like, out. I don't like probably what it means. You're out. You're out. What it's leading to. But just as an image, I think it's kind of neat. Oh, Darren likes the, the blinky, the I blinky like lights it. and the art. Sweet. I like art. Okay. Do you I'm, like Bruce Pritchard's art? I don't like Bruce Pritchard's art, but I guarantee you he didn't do that. He probably didn't. So, what, what again, what changes will take place in NXT that they remain to be seen? Uh, but there are some changes going on at AEW, and there is a big old lifeboat for those folks who are not liking what's going down on the WWE side or, or the NXT or side. Or an NXT. No, especially NXT side, because the lifeboat has become a, a life Royal Caribbean cruise. <laughs> <laughs> It's a life. Oh, that popped me. Okay. Royal Caribbean cruise. <laughs> Caribbean cruise. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, AEW. Those pockets are deep because they're starting to pull some real big stars uh, with that pocket money of theirs. They're actually making good on the all elite claim finally instead of. Hey, here we got all... Sean Spears, all elite. We got Billy Young Nuts. Billy, <laughs> Billy Young Nuts. William Young Youth Testicles. Is hashtag he all elite. He had to change his name, so he's William Youth Testicles now. I don't know. There Apparently there are no rules in AEW, because a lot of these people it's aren't... like the Outback Steakhouse. They aren't changing their names. They aren't changing their music. Uh, they, they're licensing music. Tony Khan's like, you have no idea how much money my dad has. And so, I'm for it. The number one... We're about to talk about million dollar deals. We're about to talk about people changing their minds. People changing the channel. Because of big time signees. And the number one thing I want to talk about... Please can me. Is licensed music. It makes all the difference. All the stinking difference in the world when you hear a song that you already know and that you already like and it helps bring a wrestler to the ring. You immediately get into that wrestler. I know I do. And I am I am here for it. If you understand the reference. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll get into we'll that. We'll get to we'll it. Get and, into I, that. and I totally, and when you start talking about it, I, I totally hear you. I don't completely agree, but we'll, we'll 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 cross that bridge when we come to it. But yes, licensed music, best thing AEW is doing. It's the best thing. Well, you know why? What's it remind you of? EC Dub, EC Dub, EC Dub, See, you didn't realize it, but your brain did. Oh, exactly. Sure, sure. That's what we need. We need. Instead of wow, exactly. Here comes. Anyone? Yes. Here comes forcible entry wrestler. <laughs> forcible entry, right? Yeah, that's wasn't that the name of one of the music albums? Uh, something like that. One sure. of the like, one of the aughts uh, music albums, like WWE The Music Volume Eleven. Uh, full Full Metal or whatever it was called for life. F- forcible entry, I think, which is a terrible name because. Forcible entry? No, really? no, I hate. Say no more. We can stop right there. Moving on. <laughs> My blood just turned to ice. All right. 
So why did everybody watch All Out? I don't care. I don't want to hear any answer that's not to watch CM Punk wrestle. I was about to say, then why did you ask? Okay. I don't want to hear any answer that's not that. Because that's the only answer. Did you buy All Out, dear listeners? Did you buy it? Well, I had to see if Chris Jericho finally beat MJF. No. I cared. That's not why you bought it. No, 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 no. They tuned in also to see who else would show up. That's true. So there's two reasons why. That's true. You don't, you don't want to hear about it. And, and this used to be the beautiful thing about wrestling. Um, I think AEW, that has that going for it right now-ish. Is you don't want to hear about it the next day at school. You wanted to you want to see it happen and be surprised by yourself. You know. Well, that's true. And I was about to say, luckily for me, I am no longer in school. And then I remembered yes, that I am, are. in fact, at school every day. You have to walk in and be like, no spoilers, kids. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily I get to go to my classroom and not my whole world doesn't exist in a single locker. I have a, this huge territory and it's mine. Sure. And uh, but no. <laughs> no, my big my big favorite wrestling fan student graduated last year and so she is now off at college and I don't get to talk about John Moxley with her anymore. She was the biggest John Moxley fan there ever was and this, this one's for you, Madison. Aww. So, after the fact, there's a million reasons we want to talk about All Out. But again, why did you watch All Out? Not for Jericho and MJF. And MJF is great. Everybody watched the show, or they watched the clips on YouTube in the middle of the night, to watch CM Punk. CM Punk took on Darby Allen. We've been talking about Darby Allen. I wanted to see if Jericho finally beat no, Okay, no. well, you did. You did. Okay. You did. Sure. CM Punk makes his return wearing pants, by the way. A lot of people didn't like that. I think the pants looked good. I don't know that they are what CM Punk needs to be doing. What? So, who? what do you mean a lot of people didn't like it? Well, I didn't like uh, Malachi Black's bring attire now, either... Ooh, I did, though. I don't. I like the undies, you know. Okay, I mean... Don't I, get me started on Rhea Ripley's first appearance and Okay, forget I, I think about, like, when Samoa Joe first showed up in NXT several years ago now, and he'd gone from the tight shorts to the loose shorts. I like those. Like, I really like that. I did not like when Lesnar showed up with his gigantic, like, Jimmy John's culottes on... Instead of his black trunk well, several years well, ago. Well, that, that's to make you think more of him in the octagon. Well, of I, course. It's still I a understand that. Okay, okay, first and foremost, okay, wrestlers... I want wrestlers to be comfortable, okay? Is that what you want? Okay, think about year one Kane. Whew! That guy had to wrestle in that. You could hear him breathing uh, on any microphone, on any camera uh, nearby. Uh, just... <laughs> I just I would watch Cannon, I would feel uncomfortable. I'd be like, oh, he has to wrestle on that. That poor guy, that mask and that full bodysuit. That one arm got to breathe though. Thank God for that one arm. Yeah, or else he'd have been like, uh, what was her name? Uh Ursula Andress and uh uh she died in Goldfinger, right? That's not how she died, but yes. <laughs> There's that whole myth that she died because she was covered in gold paint. Anywho, 
Um, That's why Kane didn't die because he's okay. He, he could breathe. His that, skin could breathe. Fair enough. So, okay, so I want wrestlers to be comfortable. Okay, but you know, I understand. You know, wrestling fans remembering someone a certain way, and then when they're not that, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, well, let me say this then: pants. No way they're more comfortable than underpants. So this is not at all. Maybe it's CM Punk trying to get comfortable. This is CM Punk being uncomfortable. You know what this is, right? You know what CM Punk in pants is? It's Ric Flair in a t-shirt oh, okay, okay. on the last Nitro. It's Ric Flair wrestling in a Nitro t-shirt because he doesn't want you to see his bare torso. You think that's why it was? Oh, yeah. Punk's okay. like, alright, I've never been a body guy, but now I'm like... I am Captain Chicken Legs. There's no way I'm putting these scrawny things out bare to the world. So you would just see the the hashtag don't skip leg day? Oh, God, yeah. Well, it's like Chris Hemsworth put some picture up on his Instagram where he's walking with his kid. And he's he's obviously a giant upper body. But the way the angle was, his legs look very thin. And it's a zillion fucking jokes about his leg. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, what a loser! <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's the funniest shit. I, I so I get that. I understand, but I mean, again, I definitely think that's what it is. Uh, okay, okay. I, I mean, I definitely think that's what it is. But that being said, I don't think it's a bad look. Okay, because I think them being black pants. I think it also was a strange, um, whether he intended it to be or not. It ended up being kind of a nice mirror image of Darby Allen. Who, while he doesn't wear long pants, he wears tights with jean shorts over them. It they kind of mirrored each other. It was an interesting look. You yeah, know? that's what it was. <laughs> no, it's 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 so funny. What's weird about this whole thing to me still is the fact that Sting is such a footnote in all this. Um, I know that after the match happens, CM Punk does beat uh, Darby Allen, which obviously. If CM Punk lost his first match, then it'd be very questionable. Even though wrestling's hashtag, hashtag thick bullshit. It'd be a lot like his MMA career. Oh, wow. Darren went there immediately. I love to. I love to. I I understand. Um, It's just so weird to me. I don't know how much Sting can even still do at this point. He he did a pretty bunch. He did a pretty bunch. He He did did a a pretty bunch. He did a lot recently. In a match. I think he can go. I mean, you're not going to put him in your main event singles match. Maybe but you won't. <laughs> he he can do a lot. Okay. Now he's going to wear a shirt. Why? Uh, well, I don't know. Let's ask CM Punk. Do you even do bench presses, bro? I, I agree with you, though. I, I could not agree more that it's weird that Sting is a footnote. He's an afterthought. Him just powling around with Darby Allen. Doesn't make any sense to me. What are they talking about? Like, really? But in both the characters... They're talking about face paint, I guess. Like, the characters... Hashtag if wrestling were real, what the hell are those characters talking about? And also, in real life, what are they talking about backstage? My, my guess is nothing. Sure. My guess is they don't talk to each other. I assume, and this is an assumption, folks, I don't know for sure, crit... Uh... <laughs> I almost said Christian, which is a wrestler. Sting is a very big Christian. I don't think Darby Allen is religious at all. I, I think he's an atheist, or at least he's he's working me. And I think that's what it is. 
So I don't think they have a whole lot to talk about. If, if you watch that Sting documentary, he's he's pretty religious nowadays. Oh, no doubt. And I, he he's also like old enough to be Darby Allen's grandfather. I, maybe? I don't know if Sting drinks or even if Darby Allen drinks. Like, oh, I can uh, Darby Allen. There's no way he drinks. That dude is probably straight edge AF. Okay, well maybe that's why CM Punk wanted to fight him so bad. As far as, like, wrestling ability, I was never sold on Darby Allen. Um, I mean, CM Punk calling him out and saying, I, I'm doing this for the Darby Allens. And it's like, well, that's why you're doing this? Uh, <laughs> so, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this match. I, I wasn't really pumped about the whole match. And, again, I missed the whole CM Punk era. Um, so, uh, again, you have to take that with a grain or two of salt. Um, but the match is fine for what it was, yeah. The match is fine. Um, I think Darby Allen did CM Punk a lot of favors. And the match was better for it. I think that as CM Punk would come out on Dynamite and say, seven years does accumulate a lot of ring rust. I really didn't see it. You don't say that. You, oh. you don't say that. Oh, that's, that. man, you're, yeah. you're bringing up a whole other topic oh. here. And that's that CM Punk... I know that match that wasn't good. I I already made the determination if it was good or bad. Yeah. CM Punk is doing way too much... Uh, damage control. pulling. Yeah. In the form of damage control. Sure. But instead, it's... It's it's kayfabe shattering is what it is. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like him trying to get ahead of it. You know, he's getting ahead of the chicken leg comment with the pants. He's getting ahead of any ring rust criticism... By being his own worst critic. You don't get to do that. That's what you don't get to do. And that's one of the things I have not liked about CM Punk in the last 10 years. Seven of which he's been gone from wrestling. Um, But even the last few years of his career, that's one of the things I got really, really sick of. Is this guy wants to be... He's so self-conscious... And he's so self-important that he will sacrifice the business to protect his own ego. He's so fragile. I can see that. And he's so uh, determined to be over on his own terms that he's just constantly dictating those terms. It's 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 the mentality of if I make the joke, others can't make the joke because I've already made the joke. The thing was, he was the guy when he was, you know, just on Twitter, uh, being the keyboard uh, cowboy that he was, um, he was making all the jokes, and now he knows, like, what kind of jokes to kind of, like, nip in the bud before it happens. So, I'll make the joke first, so no one else will make it and make me feel bad, the way I make people feel bad throughout the years. (laughs) Oh, Twitter, at coach, Mm, block, report. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, that that's dumb. Don't yeah, don't apologize. Go out there and do your best. That's what everyone should do, basically. I mean, if you fuck up and you piss someone off, apologize. You know what I mean, you know what I mean though. So CM Punk, again, that's why everybody was watching the show. Uh, but as you mentioned, a lot of people were watching the show to see who's next. It's not Goldberg. It's not Goldberg. But it's more than one person. It is a boatload. It's a lifeboat load of talent right um some we fully suspected some were last minute 
And all of them are awesome. I would like someone that I, I actually did not expect to show up. That'd be kind of cool. I'm so pleased with these four surprises from All Out that I'm just kind of beside myself. All of these I noticed there were two of you here, and that's not a fat joke. <laughs> all four... Thanks very much for that. Hey. All four of these appearances individually are more important to me than a CM Punk match. I am stoked about it. Let's talk, let's talk about them one by one. Well, that we were. Go for okay. it. Ruby Soho. Yeah. Destination unknown. Ruby, 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 Soho. The licensed music coming through. Tony Khan, Ruby, Dory Prang, Heidi Lovelace, Ruby Riot, whatever you want to call her, Getting the blessing from Lars Fredrickson of Rancid. Tony Khan, despite the blessing, I'm sure he's still writing a hefty check to Lars and friends. Uh, That's the true blessing. <laughs> and so Ruby Riot is now Ruby Soho. And she comes out to a Rancid song called Ruby Soho. And I love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Been a big fan of her for several years now. Remember the first time I laid eyes on her? Yeah, yeah. When she was going by Heidi Loveless. I thought it was Heidi Lovelace. So did I. For the oh. longest time, I thought it was Lovelace. And why? Because that's how it's spelled. Sure. I only recently learned, listening to an interview with her, that it's actually pronounced Loveless. I disagree. But <laughs> that's that's how... Oh, oh they're wrong, but like, sure. She's wrong... And telling me how to pronounce her old indie wrestling name. But yeah, I remember seeing her and not knowing who she was. And she was carrying around the Fest Championship belt. Uh, that night, she at the first pickle in the tree, Fest Wrestling, she would lose her belt to Sue Young at the end of the night. Yeah. And, you know... First time encountering Sue Young. First time we encountered... A lot of people. Almost yeah. everybody at that show. I think... Unless I'm wrong here, I think Joey Ryan, Candice LeRae, and Santana Garrett might have been the only people, and Effie, mm -hmm. uh, were the only people on that show that I knew before that night. And Effie, as we've said on this show before, we'd only known from one previous indie show that we saw. Sure. Wow, that's strange. But yeah, so now she's Ruby Soho, and now she's in AEW. She looks like a million bucks. She looks happy. She is a great wrestler. I think she's got a great home in AEW. And I think her and Britt Baker going back and forth on the microphone, it's the best work I've seen out of Britt Baker. I was going to say that it's it's it does a lot for the women's division for AEW. That, that's a good... Uh... A shot in the arm, uh, talent-wise. Totally. So, you know, this needs to be stretched out. Like, <laughs> this needs to be a thing for a while until they get more more uh, talented folks over there. It's not, though. They're hot shotting the hell out of this. Uh, don't do that. So, Ruby comes in. In her debut, she wins a 21-woman uh, battle royal to earn a shot. She is immediately thrown into this program with Britt Baker. Don't like that. I I mean, I like the program, I, 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 but I'm yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. I, I don't like show up number one contender automatically. That shades of TNA. 
Fair enough. The only thing that the only thing that put little put a band-aid on this for you is that she actually did earn it at least. The battle royal you know what I mean though. Right. She didn't just show up and say, I am Ruby Soho and therefore I'm challenging you for that title. She actually did earn it, so that does make it a little different and a little better. But I I mean I'm with you because if you're backstage not, though, you're like, you have a window, and why shouldn't you? You've been here ten minutes. Yes. And, and that's totally fair. That's totally fair. And from a booking standpoint, it bothers me because once it's done, then it's done. Can you revisit it later? Yes. What, will winning, they? Winning the they belt? probably will. What winning the belt? I don't know. I'm having know. the match. Any of any of the above. Don't have this be her first program. Well, what do I always say, Darren? I don't know. You always say you, you always say, are we gonna talk about police academy? <laughs> and that's it. That's what I always say. No, what All I right, moving on. What I always say, hashtag dear listeners, and you, you you you'll know this if you listen to the show enough, is you can only win the title for the first time once. And after that, it's not gonna mean as much anymore. So that's why I say you need to sip this like a fine whiskey and not down it like a fucking shot. That's all. Yeah. And uh, nobody in wrestling has ever listened to that except for Paul Heyman. Right. ECW, home of the slow burn. Yeah. Home of the slow motherfucking burn interesting because you want to you want to care you want to care about it. right and guess what you do you care a lot and also you know i just mentioned tna a second ago uh former tna heavyweight champion impact champion going after kenny omega's aew championship we now have kenny omega fighting christian cage again oh yeah this exciting time for a different <laughs> A different body. It's pretty good. Come on, it's pretty good. I don't think their their styles mesh well together. That I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think you're right about that. We are going to get a style that I think will mesh well, but we're, we got to get there first. So. Okay. Okay. So Omega wins. Of course, he's going to lose the Impact belt to Christian. No chance in hell he's going to lose the AEW title to Christian. They already goofed once putting it on Old Man Jericho. They certainly are not going to do it twice this early on and put it on Old Man Cage. So instead, Omega retains, and then he gets on the mic and he says he's, uh, you know, he's unbeatable. He's the, the the number one draw. He's the hot shit. Blah 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 blah. And there is nobody that can beat him. Classic wrestling trope. You beat somebody, then you talk about how you're unbeatable. When that happens, you're asking for it. Sure. Here comes somebody. Who is that somebody? It appears that it's going to be Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole struts to the ring. Everybody pops. They should. Adam Cole is the man. WWE did not think so. (laughs) And so they lose Adam Cole. Adam Cole struts to the ring, and what does he do? Immediately turns on Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and joins up with the Elite. Which is, it's just cool, you know. It's it's where he belongs. It's fine. It would have been dumb to bring Adam Cole in and not put him with the Elite. At the same time, though, you could have maybe run a program where he was he could turn and join the Elite. 
Uh, I don't know that there's uh, wrestling maybe. wise that could still work, and, and I just said like best friends turning on each other is not a good idea. But I, I I do like because only because of what happened immediately following this does this work really really well. This work, does work super well. Work Cole sides with the elite, uh, and they're they're happy to be together. You know, short promo with uh, Cole. Well, yeah, because you get that wonderful setup of Omega. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. The classic trope. Right. And somebody's going to come out to stop me. Oh, no, it's my friend. So, crisis averted, right? Right. Omega can rest well, go home. Nope. Instead, we get the sound of the flight of the Valkyries with a nice little, uh, little beat set to it. Very interesting version of flight of the Valkyries. And that can only mean one thing. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, makes his AEW debut, comes out, and I pop like crazy. I, I wanted this to happen, knew it was going to happen, and still, still popped. I don't think I cried like the, the CM Punk fan, but I definitely popped really hard for Brian Danielson appearing at All Out. You know, Tony Khan's a big fan because Ride of the Valkyries is royalty-free music. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. thank God. Thank God. I'm going to pay more money for that. So, yeah, Daniel Danielson comes out and cuts his promo and uh, says that he's here for, for pro wrestling and uh, still kisses the ring on the way out. Says that he liked working for WWE just fine. That was interesting and unnecessary, but... A lot of people doing that. It's almost like a just-in-case... Well, it's, I think it's that's probably smart business. I also think there's a whole season of Total Bellas coming up. <laughs> there's always the, the reality TV show reason for things happening. And obviously the season is going to have to end before he goes to AEW. Well, yeah. Because I think that they can tolerate a lot of things. They're not going to tolerate that. Right. And I also don't think that Tony Khan would be real keen on Kevin Dunn and friends walking around with their own WWE cameras filming Brian and Bree hanging around with their babies in Jacksonville and uh, not Orlando. Mm -hmm. Again, how weird is it that all wrestling is in Florida? Makes, makes sense to me. We, I, imagine if it had been it that way the when Sunshine we were State kids. Yeah. Oh, man. It was... It was cool enough when we were kids as WCW marks and as NWO for life for wrestling to be in Atlanta. But now it is so close. It's very close. How uh, how you feel about, I guess you feel pretty good about Adam Cole and, and Daniel Danielson showing up, right? Yeah, 100%. Do you, you do you not? It's nice hearing you be positive about uh, AEW. You're usually pretty, you're pretty critical. Am I? You are a little bit. Overly so? Well, you may have called the fans sycophants. Uh, well, they may have taken sick offense to that. That's because they are. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, and well, all you had to do was watch All Out to see a whole lot more of it. Well, uh, I watched this whole thing happen, and I watched Adam Cole's promo. And I think Adam Cole is there to have some fun with his friends, you know? Then I listened to Brian Bryanson do his, his shtick. And I got... Kind of like mad. What? I got mad. Um, because okay, you're gonna have to explain that one. Were because Brian Danielson and CM Punk are totally full of shit. Okay. 
They, I'm not, I don't know. I'm disagreeing yet, but I got to hear this. They both said very similar things, and if you actually listen to what they say, you you kind of you maybe understand where I'm coming from, because they both said the same thing. Like you know, you know, I came here for some wrestling, for pro wrestling. I want to fight the Darby Allens and the Luchasauruses, and I saw this great indie talent, and I'm so glad to be here and wrestle with them. Brian Danielson is a millionaire. He didn't have to come back to WWE. He could have gone on the indies. He could have gone to ROH. CM Punk is a millionaire. He didn't have to come back to a big organization. If you wanted to wrestle, he could have gone on to the indies. What they're really saying is, I'm so glad that someone will pay me WWE money to wrestle the people I want to wrestle. Even the most head-up-their-own-ass actor in L.A. that has millions of dollars will work for fucking scale to do an art movie every once and again. They could have wrestled anywhere they wanted to wrestle. They could have wrestled anyone they wanted to wrestle. They had to wait until a fucking billionaire's son started an organization up and it got big enough for them to go, You know what? There's some talented people there. You're paying me how much? Okay, great. Yeah, I'll come and wrestle for you because I love wrestling so much. Fuck you. Whoa. Fuck you. Whoa, whoa. CM Punk Hold waited, your horses CM there. CM Punk waited until this moment to do that. Daniel Bryanson, same thing. He waited till this moment to do it. Oh, now it's really, really cool. And they're getting paid lots of money. And me too because I love professional wrestling. You love money. Fuck you. Wow. Okay. I will say when you first started talking, I thought, I don't agree with you and I'm not going to agree with you. I think I, I, think I agree with you actually here at the end of, uh, of your rant. And that was quite a rant. Okay. And I said the F word. You did uh, several times, several times in a row as if, but I didn't hear you the first time. Sure. I think that you're right. I think that that is a fair assessment. I think that uh, there is somebody who's doing what I think you wish they were doing. And that person is John Moxley. Sure. John Moxley, or John Good, I think is his real name. His name is John Moxley there. He is doing exactly... And has been, since he left WWE, doing exactly what you're saying. He wanted to wrestle. He wanted to wrestle top talent. He wanted to wrestle old school. So the first thing he did was go to Japan. Yeah. Go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, which any way you slice it, is old school and it is top notch and it is legit all at the same time. It's real wrestling and it's you know, strong style and it's badass and it's totally legit. And so good on Moxley for doing that. Then take into account everywhere else Moxley has appeared at deathmatch tournaments, at indie shows, all while under contract with AEW because he is at least Moxley smart enough businessman to also collect that check because guess what? He has a wife and a brand new baby. So you got to take care of the family. And after that, he is earning his stripes back. 
The stripes that he had, the literal stripes, probably from being caned on the back with a Singapore cane <laughs> uh, in IWA Mid-South or some dumbass indie promotion like that. He's earning those stripes again by ripping shit up. Like, and by ripping shit up, I mean his body. On hardcore indie shows and Moxley's doing it. And you're right, Punk wouldn't dare. No. Punk would not dare. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I see your point. I don't Daniel think... Daniel Bryanson? I, I, I'm too big of a fan to, to, to shit oh, on. Oh, no, no. I, I admit I was a little harsh, a little severe. But that's the thing. If, they, if, th- if this were ROH trying to, like, build itself up and be great, you wouldn't see CM Punk. You wouldn't see Daniel Bryanson. They, they would... Or, you know, CM Punk would just stay away from wrestling and Daniel Bryanson would just stay in WWE. I mean, he's he's been yearning to leave to go have wrestling matches again for a long time. And his contract got renegotiated a few years back. He could have done it. But he was like, but I just... You know, Total Bellas is coming back. And it's like, no, okay, yeah. You're, we're done here. So, I don't know. I, I kind of... It's, it's kind of hit me the wrong way. Because, again, if, if the money was not there... They also would not be there, Darren. There's plenty of there's plenty of organizations that have great wrestlers under contract, and they're not there. And again, Moxley might be like exactly what I'm talking about when it's like, yeah, people like that going anywhere, doing anything. Moxley just showed up at GCW and beat uh, uh, oh whatever his name is now. Is that right? His name? Oh, who knows? I have no idea what his name is. Card- Cardoza. Maybe oh Cardona Cardona I think it's Cardona okay so yeah I mean to me I'm just kind of like eh well, let's 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 take it down a peg or two there boys like you know you're doing it for money hey these are talented guys CM Punk apparently is very talented these are talented wrestlers sure but you wouldn't be there if the check weren't there again so hold on hold on I do not want us to go any further without making sure that we understand Daniel Bryan is a fantastic talent. And I am super into him being in AEW. And Bryan Danielson against Kenny Omega is the most excited I've been about a potential wrestling match since Omega Okada 2. Wow. I think that Danielson Omega has the potential to be that good. And I think that AEW will let them do it. Hell, if AEW will give Juventude and Jericho all the time and the latitude to do their shit show... I was being severe. You're then wrong. You're, you're not wrong, but yes. Then they're going to give it to Omega and Danielson. But Omega and Danielson, unlike the incompatibility of Omega and Christian Cage, I think Omega and Danielson are about to have the match of the year. If it happens in this calendar year, it will be the match of the year. Oh, they're already setting it up now, Darren. And again, if it happens once, it's not going to be as much second time around. Except for Omega and Okada too, that was the best of the three. I think we can all agree on that. I definitely think that was the the very best. I'm excited about all of these uh, potential matchups because now I want to see Danielson and and Cole 
And that would be an awesome match. We did not see in all the years they were both over there in WWE. Again, fine whiskey, sip it. Don't make it all happen immediately. No, um, no, no, no. Don't make it happen all immediately. Well, also, there's more people coming, and that's an issue that AEW is going to run into very fast. They're making their own. That's the weird thing about AEW and WWE, is they're both making their own problems for themselves. Oh, for sure. WWE is doing its best to trash itself. You know, Vince taking over NXT, things being the way they are and and Raw and SmackDown, which is to say business as usual, when, you know, people are kind of, like, even casuals are kind of fed up with the way, like, the weekly programming's been going. And now AEW going, turn in next week, we got a big surprise. Turn in next week, we got a, a bigger surprise. Oh my god, pay-per-view? The biggest surprise, like... They're going to run out of surprises. AEW is becoming... The AEW audience will soon become a really high-maintenance girlfriend or boyfriend that you got to keep doing things for, and you got to keep buying them flowers, and you got to buy them expensive jewelry. And eventually, it's like, well, what have you done for me lately? So now I'm getting... I'm, I'm, I'm afeard that eventually AEW run out of surprises, and it won't... It'll lose that shock value, which is doing very, very well right now. But you had three... Like, I'll... One very cool debut and two very big debuts on one. That was one show. You didn't sprinkle it out. You know, it's like it's like when you have a, a girlfriend. Here we go again. A girlfriend whose birthday is close to Christmas. Perry, Perry, no, th- this are, happened to me. This happened are you to me. looking for a girlfriend? <laughs> that, that's what this is all about. Uh, no, when you have a girlfriend whose birthday is in January and you also... There's Christmas, right? But you, you fuck up and you give her all the presents for Christmas and you don't know don't know what to give her for her birthday. That's what this is. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm alright with that. I'm like, trying to give you an analogy. You can give me... I mean, I'm not trying to be your girlfriend, but like, you sure. can give me all my presents at one time. But that's Just don't problem. forget to tell me happy birthday. Well, then I find you something for your birthday and you go, oh, this is pretty good. But it's not as good as the Christmas when you gave me this, 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 and this. Wow. What materialistic-ass girls have you been dating? No, the AEW audience. I've been dating the AEW audience, Oh, Darryl. bless your heart. I can't imagine what that must feel like. Man, do they have I opinions mean, about video games. Yeah. I wonder if they can I wonder if they can tell you about modding. Oh, they probably could. Or, or, or whatever it's referred or, to. Or, or, whatever it's referred to now. No, again, AEW is making a problem where eventually they'll have no more surprises. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I Like Mitch Hedberg said, I'm not going to not eat this delicious apple because eventually it will become a core. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to not drink this wine. I'm not going to not enjoy my drunk because eventually I'll have a hangover. I'm okay with the fact that you might be front-loading this stuff and you might be overkilling it because that one night becomes so memorable the 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 juge lasts far beyond that night you're not wrong sprinkling the stuff means oh cool and then later oh cool again but there's nothing quite like it's hard to do what they did with adam cole and danielson you know, 30 seconds apart. Yeah. It's very hard to do. Because that means you got to sign two people that big. And be willing to... Because also it's big of the two of them to have to share that moment. Yeah. Because there's other people like... If you did that with Austin and The Rock... 
No way in hell they'd agree to do that. They'd have held you up. They'd have broken their contract. They'd have been splitsville. But instead, we do get that moment. And I love that moment because it feels more real. It feels so much more real. Like the first thing I thought of was when Diamond Dallas Page needed a tag team partner. And Raven... Oh, I'm not going to say call him alone. No, Raven's in the front row making his WCW debut. Oh, yes, yes. And so everybody believed throughout the course of the show that Raven was going to be DDP's tag team partner. And when DDP comes out by himself and he's waiting and we are all waiting on who his partner will be, Raven stands up. And then what does he do? He sits back down. And who comes out? Kurt Hennig. And so then you get that's the debut of Raven and Mr. Fucking Perfect in the same moment. And then of course it's even sweeter because yes, Kurt Hennig is the mystery partner, but of course he turns uh on all of them and on DDP and the four horsemen and joins the NWO, and that's both brilliant. <laughs> and frustrating at the and, same time. And messy, yeah. But that's what that moment was to me. It was, oh my God, it's showing off, but it's a good kind of showing off. My problem, Darren, and the problem, again, that AEW, maybe I didn't articulate this well enough to you, okay, is that the best thing that AEW has going for it right now, it has excitement, all right, and oh, what's going to happen it has that factor going for it, but it's only based on who's going to show up now. And much like you can only win the heavyweight championship for the first time once, you can only jump ship or show up once. You're never going to get a bigger reaction from that, that time you showed up, is the thing. So now, or eventually, it's going to have to actually be about the wrestling they're getting the wrestlers there who are capable of having great matches, but again, AEW bogs itself down with overbooking, bad booking decisions, and again, no no organization's immune from it. No one made all the right decisions. Paul Heyman fucked up in ECW all the time. But that's my issue is that... Mostly by not paying the wrestlers. Well, there's that whole thing. That, talking about problems you create for yourself. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the issue is that AEW is going to have to ease up on the gas and we're gonna have to remember that this is a wrestling show with good talent let's just have good matches um but as it is there is a there is a waiting list there's people there's a bunch of wrestlers in a line behind a velvet rope waiting to uh, debut and appear in aew and uh, again the pop won't that you'll never recreate that cm punk pop again that's it that was it cm punk's biggest moment aew has already happened <laughs> is my point and that's a fair point. That's okay. a good point. And I understand it. But the biggest moment or the best moment has to happen sometime. Sure. But when it's the first thing you do. But it's still... You still did it. It still worked. People are calling it the CM Punk pop now. You hate okay. that. I understand that. But it doesn't change the fact that it broke the internet. Right, right, right. 
I mean, it happened. It doesn't matter when it happened. Is it good for longevity? Of course it's not good for longevity. Right. But I don't think that's the game they're playing. AEW was not as hot out of the gate as I think they thought they were going to be. But here we are two years later, 100 episodes of weekly television under their belts. It is that hot. And I think that they're striking while the iron is hot. Sure. And I think that that's a good thing. So, again, is it good for longevity? Are they repeating the same mistakes of WCW? Are they hot-shotting, which is always a bad idea in the long run in wrestling? Yeah, probably. They're probably doing all those things. But right now, it's all I want to talk about. When you first showed up earlier, what's the first thing I said to you? Hello, how are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, I have not watched one minute of WWE programming yeah. this week or last week. And I don't want to. Ah. So, is WWE winning the long game? Yeah. They've put everybody else out of business over the last 40 years. They're winning. But are they winning? Because we're not talking about them tonight. Except as a departure point. Right. I'm not going to watch... I might go watch NXT tonight when we get through recording. But... I'm not going to watch Raw or SmackDown because if I have to see Damian Priest. <laughs> but that that comes out of your, your dislike for Damian Priest. Though. Right. No, and and, he, it's, it's and he is being featured on a wrestling show. And so that makes me want to see that show less. Well, that goes back to what I'm you saying. You put Brian Danielson and Adam Cole on the same show. I'm going to watch it. Because, ah, something new, something different. And I, I said this an episode or so ago. That's the best thing about AEW is that it's exciting because you'll see something different. And, again, that's what's so bad about, what's even worse about WWE right now is that Vince is is doing nothing to counteract this at all. It's still Damian Priest versus Sheamus for the U.S. title in a who-gives-a-flying-fuck match um, and sorry fans out there, uh, <laughs> but that, that's my point though, is like, there's nothing exciting happening over on there. And well, and, and that's, that's, that's not totally true. And now that I think about Becky Lynch came back, but that would have happened anyway. She's not new to the company. You know, Goldberg came back. That's nothing new. He's not new to the company. Lesnar came back. That's not new. He's not new to the company. You see what I mean? It became Quentin Tarantino just then. I, I see what you mean. I think you're actually illustrating my point, though. No, I am. I'm agreeing with you. And it's my hopes are for AEW that when they run out of surprises, and they will, I'm not, I'm not denying that, but when they do, that laundry list of surprises turn out to be one hell of a roster of working wrestlers. And it's the old tried and true method of come for the surprises stay for the quality pro wrestling yeah, that's, that's, and I think that's the plan now you're illustrating my point and I think that's what we're in at for at what point does it actually become about the wrestling I think that it, that's the plan yeah, I think okay. that's the AEW plan well, well, and having uh, CM Punk show up and, and uh, Brian McDanielson um... <laughs> are you going to say it right even once no uh, is that you, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago as well, is 
we're you're going a long way now and bringing in the casuals, which AEW had a very long time, which is why it was slow out of the gate uh, of getting the audience together because you don't have the, you don't have the casuals. Now Daniel Bryan, there I said it right. Daniel Bryan's on your TV now. CM Punk's on your TV. I've heard of them. I know this bloated guy that used to be Chris Jericho. Um, Oof. Ooh, did my do this. Um, Let me ask you a question. Oh, God. Let me give you an answer. Is that focus on bringing in the casuals with something that already means something to them instead of trying to build something for them, is that why Jim Ross insists on calling Jungle Boy Jack Perry? I'm sure that, well, I like the last name. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Jim Ross is addressed at some point. I don't know. That that WrestleZone headline has not come across my, my Facebook feed. Because I have, as long as I've known who Jungle Boy was, I've known that he is the son of Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. But at no point... You want that star quality. You want that built-in name. And that's, I mean, I guess. I guess, that, I guess you do. And I guess that's what it is. But despite the fact that I knew all along for years now that he was Luke Perry's son, I never, ever heard him build or even referred to by anyone as anything other than Jungle Boy, which I always thought was kind of weird and hilarious, and now I just kind of accept it. I thought it was like one of those weird, like, uh, really, is that going to be your name? (laughs) And now I'm totally into it. And now that I'm totally into it, now, now is when Jim Ross wants to say, Oh, it's, it's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And it's also interesting he's the only one saying it. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, I mean, Somebody in his ear telling... Tito Santana, Chico Santana. <laughs> apparently, apparently that was not, not accurate. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, yeah, because it's not like a dig. It's not like he's calling him something to be mean. He's he's calling him by his formal name, his, I, his Christian name. And I just think that that is not a two one zero alum name. It, so well, R.I.P. Luke Perry. So by do the it way. or do it or don't do it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Again, it's, you're it's gonna, no you're gonna di- have to ask. Jim well, Ross. It, to me, it's no different than the guy drinks barbecue sauce. It's, we were saying earlier about Terry Balea. Like, is Jim Ross next time Jim Ross has? The opportunity to call Hulk Hogan in the ring. A Hulk Hogan, Terry Balea. I mean, it's... What are you doing? We know it's his real What are you hoping to achieve by calling Jungle Boy Jack Perry? Is that the move? Like, is that what we're trying to get to? Are we doing that? Is he now going to be, you know, build like, you know, Brett Hitman Hart? Right? Is he going to be build like... Jesse, the body Ventura, is he Jungle Boy Jack Perry? If that's the case, okay. I just don't feel like it is because Jim Ross is the only one saying it. Well, I, you're you're the only one and me <laughs> saying bad things about Brandon Cutler. Wow, where'd you? Why do you have Brandon Cutler on your mind? Well, because uh, Jungle Boy is is mixed up in that group that's gonna fight the elite. And uh, old Brandon Cutler makes the elite look less than. Oh man, him and the Michael Takazawa yeah, is that I'm his not, name? I'm not into that. No. I'm not into either of them. I don't know what they're doing. 
That, that faction's already far too big. You don't need a bunch of lackeys in there like that. And I don't understand the lackeys. Like, because this is a side effect of them being vanilla midgets. Is them having lackeys seems less legitimate to me. If Kevin Nash has a lackey, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because, oh, he he's big and old. Like, like he's a monster, or he's a dad, or he's both. Mm -hmm. And monsters and dads can have lackeys. Or he's a super shredder. But the young bucks are like, just these like, eh, we're wimpy dudes. Like, eh, eh. Those guys don't get to have lackeys. Their behavior makes them appear to be lackeys. And now that Adam Cole's there, by the way... They really seem like a couple of lackeys. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Lackeys don't get lackeys. Unless, of course, you're Stevie Richards and then you get the Blue Meanie. Right. But most of the time, flunkies don't get their own flunkies. Flunky sounds like a, a cereal. <laughs> All the flunkies. What would flunkies, what would flunkies be like? Like Wheaties, but I guess worse than... The, the, the off-brand Wheaties? They're shitty Wheaties. <laughs> Flunkies. Uh, so I, I just don't like the shitty weedies. They any good? No, man. They suck. <laughs> it's not just a clever name. Brandon Cutler sucks. Okay. Brandon Cutler. I, I actually went and <laughs> there. Uh, my favorite uh, type of uh, detective work, which is exploring hashtags on Instagram. <laughs> I just typed in hashtag Brandon Cutler. And after about a hundred of him wearing a stupid tracksuit and the face mask and aerosol cans, suddenly there are all these pictures of him with like face paint and dragon wings. And he looks like a character from Game of Thrones. And I was like, I'm sorry, what the hell? Because remember, I didn't watch wrestling for a year. And I missed when Brandon Cutler was apparently a Game of Thrones reject on AEW. And he did, unfortunately, suffer a very severe, uh, legitimate injury to his face and now has been relegated to the secondary position as Flunky. Okay, now now I, I feel a tad bit of sympathy for him in that case. I mean, I've... He could be worse. You could feel... He could be Steve Cutler. Oh, it could be worse. It could Steve Cutler. Remember Steve Cutler, don't you? I remember Steve Cutler. Do you know that he's in Impact now? He's in Impact now? Yeah. Huh? I guess the, the ground's the limit. <laughs> yes. The Oh, that's terrible. Steve <laughs> Cutler. Speaking of Blue Meanie. Yeah. Right? Trained by the Blue Meanie, right? I know that firsthand for the NXT house show that I went to in, uh, I think it was the... It was the gymnasium in Gainesville where I encountered the Blue Meanie. Yeah, the Martin Luther King Center. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was like, "Why are you here?" He's like, "Oh, see my, see my guy Steve Cutler. He trains at my, at my uh, wrestling school, Monster Factory, Monster right? Factory. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah." And I was like, "Oh no, we say the nicest things about him in my podcast." <laughs> and here we are, all these years later, and we're still talking shit about Steve Cutler. It's the man. It's the curse of disliking someone, and then all of a sudden, there's the possibility they can be on our podcast. Isn't that weird? that has happened so many times? It's happened actually too many times, and it makes me feel kind of weird. Like 
makes me feel like I should actually play the lottery. You're going to shit talk the lottery? I'm going to shit talk. Okay. Yeah. Well, just play the lottery and shit talk the lottery. Anyway, don't, uh, you know, again, I, I accuse Darren of not using measured terms or, uh, you know, uh, not really holding back with his opinions, but uh, don't be all the way negative on people. I, I Very quickly, I, and I've said this before, I respect anyone who gets in that ring, who goes through the shit of training and actually becoming a wrestler, because just watching people climb out of the ring makes my back hurt. So I, I respect any wrestler out there, okay? Anyone in the business taking bumps, I respect that totally. Doesn't and mean I have to like you, but God damn it, I respect you. And so do I. Except for No Way Jose. <laughs> I was going to text you his theme song. Just to remind you that he exists. But. Do you remember that time that you played it? In the bathroom at uh, Whataburger. At a Whataburger. And I probably shouldn't have because that's the famous Whataburger that they all go to after the show. Because I think even like 20 minutes later, we were eating at Whataburger and like, uh, what were they called? The um... No Way Jose? <laughs> <laughs> no Way Jose did not show up, but about five or six wrestlers did. It was the um, AOP. I forget oh. what that name even means anymore. Authors of Authors Pain. of Pain. Yeah, yeah. They showed up and some other people. What were their names like? Ashok and TikTok. We thought it was Toka and Razor because that's what, yes, that's what Corey Graves called them. But it was uh, Ackman, uh, Ackman, Ackman's Razor, Ackman and Razor, Ackham and Ackham, Razor, 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 Razor. Fuck it. Anyway, yeah, it was a weird play on Ackham's Razor. So yeah, probably shouldn't play wrestlers' theme music when they can just show up all of a sudden. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, Darren just came into the bathroom. I'm gonna play No Way Jose's music. And suddenly you look up and it is no way. Jose. I was gonna say like, even so great if he would have walked in and have been like, "Hey, my friend's in the bathroom. He is the biggest fan of yours. <laughs> Can you go in?" Ah, uh, makes me think. You know, there's that one picture of me doing the the the. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The point. Uh, we we of course have since we were kids, called it hate lasers. Yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, making a hand gesture at No Way Jose, asking for, oh, I'm going to hell for this, but asking him for a picture so that I can make fun of him in the picture. Right. In the picture, you're doing the thing that our our circle of friends knows of, the, the... The sign that you hate someone or have disdain for someone, but they're unaware because it's such a subtle sign. Um, yes, indeed. That is a great picture. It is second only to friend of the show, John Bring. <laughs> and Max Landis. And Max Landis. The greatest in, picture uh, that exists. In New... Uh, where was that? New Orleans or Dallas? Oh my God, it's the best picture ever. Doing the hate laser to uh, to Max Landis. And, and, and smiling. The biggest shit-eating grin on John's face. And, and rightly so. All right, now we're probably losing audience because we're talking about very Circle of Friends stuff. So let's get back into the wrestling. Sorry about that, folks. Slight departure there. Now we're back on it. We hate Brandon Cutler. We don't know why Jim Ross calls Jungle Boy Jack Perry, but it happens. And uh, is that all we're going to talk about? Okay, okay, one last one last debut. Okay. Uh, it was a surprise. I'm sorry, don't don't hit me for saying AEW has a surprise. Don't hit me again. Minoru Suzuki. Oh. Now, he's not signing a long-term contract. If he is, that's news to me. It's, dare I say, a surprise. <laughs> but 
He is at least appearing. He appeared um, at All Out, and then he wrestled John Moxley on the most recent episode of Dynamite. And while it was certainly no match of the year candidate, it was cool as shit to see John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki in an AEW ring, in an American wrestling ring, on a weekly television program as a very big fan of Suzuki and New Japan Pro Wrestling and Moxley, this is Wrestle Kingdom level match. If you told me that Moxley would fight Mo- Suzuki at the next Wrestle Kingdom, I'd be like, hell yes, it's the main event. Marquee-wise, yes. The, the match itself is fun, but it's, it's, a, not, it's not a great wrestling no, match. No, this match was not a great wrestling match. But to- Moxley did come out to some more licensed music, Darren. Hell yeah, he did. Coming out to Wild Thing... Love it. Which is a reference to a movie. I don't know if a lot of those youngsters out there know Major League. Uh, what's what? Uh, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn would come out uh, to Wild Thing. Played by Charlie Sheen. Right. Um, back when he was just an actor and not, you know, whatever he is now. Um, I don't know what he is now. A madman with too much money and, and nothing and no goals. Oh, too much money. Watch out. Whoa, he might buy AEW. I'm just kidding. No one has that much money. He might wrestle in AEW, I think is what you meant to say, instead of wrestling on the indies, since uh, he has so much money. Exactly. That's, that's my whole point. No, um, so I appreciate that. But no, this match... Charlie Sheen's the next AEW surprise. I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but this match, though, you were saying, sorry to cut you off, I but just, I had to mention... I love it. I loved it. It didn't happen at All Out. It happened at Dynamite. Like I said, the match was no barn burner. <laughs> But it was it was fun. It was cool. I loved seeing Suzuki in an in an American ring in an AEW ring on a weekly show. That was really cool. Well, imagine you were big fans of both those guys and really looking forward to this match, and that's the match you got. Be kind of like, eh, well, yeah, I, wish they, I wish they wrestled. That's not a hypothetical. I am a big fan of both those guys. I was looking forward to the match, and I was satisfied. Okay. Could they have put on a better match? Hell yeah. Those guys are capable of putting on a match ten times as good. Well, that's the thing. is, And it, they may yet. Well, that's the thing. is, It wasn't a bad match. This isn't like Jericho versus Juventude. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, no. The standard for bad but matches. But I'm saying that was bad because there was hor- there were botches. They were not on the same page. These guys were in sync. You know, there, there may be a, a language barrier there. I don't know. I don't know how good the English is for Minoru at this point, um, so I, I can't speak for that. But as far as in the wrestling ring, these guys were on the same page, trading forearm shivers, trading headbutts. Um, it, it was going well, but it was kind of like that's the stuff that you do, like you know, beginning a match in you know maybe mid match, but then like finish it out with wrestling, and that's the way it seemed to go. But it kind of goes back into that trading blows thing and more of a show than a wrestling show. Um, and kind of ends that way, where I wish we had about five minutes more of the actual wrestling. Um, and that's all. I, I wanted more out of the match myself, but like I said, it wasn't bad. I just wanted more wrestling. I can't say I disagree, but I'll take it. Okay. That's fine. No, happy it happened. And they both seemed to enjoy the match. The audience seemed to enjoy the match. And uh, uh, Moxley had a lot of fun. Yeah, and just to kind of put a bow on this whole conversation about surprises and uh, 
making it and selling it with the wrestling itself once the surprises are done and slow burns versus hot shots. I honestly think the roster is shaping up in AEW that in the long run, we will have really big, important, high-profile, high-quality matches for at least a year or more. And I know that everything in wrestling these days seems like it has to be fast and it has to be big, but I think if you can stretch it over a year or even 18 months, you're achieving something very big. And the idea of having Darby Allen versus Malachi Black or Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk, Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson, throw in some guys from New Japan and you have Jungle Boy, you have the Young Bucks, even, you know, Christian, Kenny Omega. I mean, for God's sake, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, which we know we're getting. That's amazing. That's an amazing match. The roster is capable of doing really, really amazing things in AEW. And I think AEW is the company. They're the right company at the right time to allow it to happen. Sure. They're not going to micromanage the booking. And they're not going to book it stupidly for reasons I still don't know why WWE books things the way they are. And these matchups... Because Vince. These matchups make it so much more so infinitely much more watchable than another Damian Priest match. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am not, I wrong about that? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But that's another issue, is the more big established talent walks in the door, the more the unestablished, you know, the, the friends of the people who kind of got the company going get pushed to the side because the thing with you know cm punk and daniel bryanson and all these other guys coming in here is uh they gotta beat people who are they gonna beat they're gonna beat the little guys <laughs> so i'm afraid you're gonna run into that problem sooner not later darren but that's all the time we have for you folks i'm the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle of the whole ref and show do you enjoy aew do you enjoy what's going on on AEW? Are you mad that I got really angry in the middle of this episode? Do you enjoy surprises? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at The Whole Reverend Show. And uh, also uh, Facebook. Like and share. We'd appreciate that. If you want to send us a Gmail, you can. The Whole Reverend Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Instagram. There we are on Instagram. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. The Whole Reverend Show. Yes, it's been nice seeing the, the Whole Reverend Show's Instagram come back to life. We appreciate the love we've been getting on Instagram lately. It's very, very nice. Send some of that love Twitter way. A little bit on Facebook. We appreciate that. Jason Maxwell, keeping that fire going. Keep keeping the, 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 the tower light on for us. But dang, on Instagram, y'all killing it with those likes. I mean, hundreds of them spilled in just for my uh, all-out posts. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. Thank you to all of you. 
out there who are liking our Instagram posts. We appreciate... Big times. Big numbers. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate uh, all the like, all the love, all the lust. That's right. Especially the lust. Especially the lust. And uh, we appreciate you coming back. We hope you do come back next week once again for the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole and show. By the way, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. Once again, I want to thank Darren, my uh, special guest star, co-host, for being on this episode. And we will see you next time, folks. Thank you for tuning in. So long. Bye-bye.